Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. One of the definitions of launch is to start or set in motion. And every creative person has to do it. So what are the secrets to a successful launch? With eight to 10 hours a day, I was like literally emailing people one by one. I don't really check my numbers. You know, I don't really listen to the podcast. I'm able to do it again, but as a normal person. Welcome to Anna David's Launchpad. Hi there. Welcome to Launchpad. We talk a lot about book launches. In fact, you could say we only talk about book launches right now. So today I have the the loveliest man. He's somebody that I met um, last year and we just instantly fell in love. Um, Well, I can't speak for both of us. I just instantly loved him and we became, we became fast friends and um, it's been really fun watching him gear up to release this book. He is one of the world's greatest brand experts. And what's amazing about his book is that he's revealing everything you need to know. He costs thousands upon thousands of dollars to hire. If you get this book, you get the cheat sheet. The book, by the way, is called Your Brand Should Be Gay, Even If You're Not. And this wonderful man is named Ree Perez. He's a seasoned brand strategist. He's a speaker. He's the CEO of the company Branding for the People. Uh, Branding for the People, they build and manage brands for funded startups, high-growth entrepreneurs, Inc. 5,000 fast-growing companies. Um, You get the idea. He's huge. So the strategy that we talked about for the launch was very specific. I love the way he did it. He, He, in addition to building an advanced reader team, he also really wanted to do, to have pre-sales. So he built out a page, his team built out a page on his website where he offered all sorts of bonuses. Like you buy one, order one copy of the book early and you get uh, the first three chapters. Order five copies and you get, and, and, and the number of copies you ordered, the bonus went up until you reached a consultation with him as one of the bonuses for a bulk order, which is like worth a ton of money. Such a good idea. I think I'm going to do it for my next book. Um, so if you want the show notes, which include a transcript of this interview and his bio and ways you can download the episode and ways to reach him, all you have to do is go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash re. And it's just R-E. That's launchpadpub.com slash blog slash re. Now I give you re Perez. So here we go. I would like to say re. Your book, as I am looking at it, is the number one new release in home-based business advertising. Did you know that? I saw that on Friday. My team was like, what? I guess it is that easy to get Amazon bestseller. No, it's not that easy. It's that you're that great. (laughs) So, okay, I am so delighted to be doing this because because I adore you. Um, We met 
we met, I guess it was probably like six months ago, that, that in passing, that weird, you, you passed me a note. You essentially passed me a love note is what happened <laughs> in the hallway of Genius Network. And, um, and then we, we connected again in San Diego and I just, I just adore you. Um, I know. And you've, and you've got this book that is currently out and it is called Your Brand Should Be Gay Even If You're Not. So tell me about this book. Yeah, so if you think about it, I'm actually leveraging the book as an opportunity to teach people about the power of branding. I mean, it's bold, it's courageous, <laughs> um, it could be polarizing, maybe offensive to some, it could be inspiring, um, it piques your curiosity and it grabs people's attention. Like how many, how many pink books do you see on the bookshelf, right? <laughs> I think in the Sex in the City era, there were maybe a few. You okay. do not see them by men. A, this may be a historical. That's event. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you don't see it. A, you don't see it a ton, and um, you know. And so obviously, the, I'm a brand strategist, and um, I wanted to really use this book as an opportunity to teach all the elements of great branding, and at the same time, uh, it it um, you know it it uh, you know. I, I happen to be a gay man, not that it's something that I wear on my sleeve all the time, <laughs> but um, interestingly, you know, it's, uh, people sort of get it. They kind of expect, they know that I'm branding, they, for people who do know, they know that I'm gay, and if you didn't know, then, well, okay, now you know. Um, but I could have meant, I could have meant the word, the association happy. <laughs> yeah. Right? I could have meant a million things, but see, that's yeah. the power of branding, the power of language, word association, et cetera. So if anything, uh, you know, it, I, I wrote the book to sort of teach more about branding and, and everything. That I, and I do tell a little bit of my, about my personal story in the book. Um, but really, it's a book about the art and science of creating an authentic brand. So, and so that's the very meta thing, is in yeah. doing this bold pink cover, in saying your brand should be gay, you are giving them a lesson before they've even picked up the book, basically, Ooh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> a good way um, to say it. <laughs> you, hey, you can use it. I, I was going to say you could use it as a blurb, but I just looked on your Amazon page and you have maybe between 65 and 7,500 blurbs, so I don't think you need any more. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I think that it's really interesting because it's like, you know, I know you through Genius Network, and I didn't know anyone gay was in Genius Network. And um, so we were chatting in San Diego and I was like, oh, this guy's really into me. And then you told me you're uh, kidding, sort of, uh, <laughs> that you're the book title. And I was like, oh, is he gay? Can I ask, is he gay? Or is that just the title of the book? Um, but, but so, and we, so, so you, as we've talked about your book, what I think is really interesting, and the reason I do this show is I have an equal number of sort of people who come from traditional New York Times best-selling books that they're doing with like HarperCollins and Simon Schuster, and then my marketer people. And it mm. is such a perfect amalgamation because it's this soup. You need both. So you having such a history in marketing and branding, how did you approach this book? So I decided to do, uh, you know, sort of a hybrid approach um, where it is, um, it's, it's self-published. I am working with Lioncrest Publishers. Um, but it's self-published and, uh, you know, as opposed to ghost, having a ghost writer write your book, 
Um, it was really important to me, and particularly since this book is around brand authenticity, it was really important to me that it was written in my voice, and it was also written by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It would be completely inauthentic if I had a book around authenticity, and um, I sort of just pawned it off to for someone else to write. So, you know, through a collaborative process with my scribe, I. Uh, you know, I was interviewed and I got a lot of stuff out of my head, which, you know, I, this is my first book. I'm usually more of a speaker. I think I'm great in that sort of format of communication, but writing necessarily wasn't. Uh, or if I do write, I write like a consultant, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I write as a strategist and so forth, but not as a book author. And so, um, so that it took a little bit of a process for me to learn how to write in a, in, as an author, as a book form, in this book format. And I kept one thing in mind, which was what, how can I translate these concepts into terms that uh, will engage people's interest mm-hmm. and that would be meaningful and understandable by them? Mm-hmm. And and then when it, when it came to the launch, how did you approach this? You know, you have all these years in branding and marketing. And did you say, I'm going to approach this like it's a, like it's a project, like it's an event? Like, did you, how, how did you look at it? Yeah. So, you know, I, I wish I could say I had like the, the science behind it, but I sort of treated it like any other project. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, so for me, branding and also this book, writing this book was both a linear and a non-linear process. That's how I approach branding. It's like linear. There's like certain steps that you have to take and you kind of have to look at things as like a, as a system. Mm-hmm. So the way that my brain works is I kind of look at things as a whole. I look at things systematically. And so, okay, first, yes, I needed to sort of create a strategy. Uh, why, what am I trying to achieve with this book? Uh, And then actually writing, you know, creating an outline and then writing the book and then editing the book and then, you know, all those sort of linear steps. But um, I treated it like a project that uh, probably unlike many authors or maybe like many authors, I haven't spoken to quite a bit, but uh, I needed to be in in a a term a lot of us like to use is like I needed to be in flow in writing the Mm -hmm. book. And I'm sure everything is in the editing, right, Anna? But uh, it's kind of like write something and then edit it. I, for me, I just needed to like sit with the computer and have no distractions and sort of just type it out and get my thoughts down. I did have a little perfectionist syndrome going on initially. And then I learned to kind of put that aside and not worry about trying to write it perfectly the first go round. Mm-hmm. I just needed to get my thoughts down and tell a story as if I was writing to a friend or a yeah. client. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was just talking to my students about this last night. It's like, it's so tempting to just keep going back and back and back and revising and reworking. And you can just get stuck in that endless soup. I have a book I started working on 10 years ago where I'm still in it. No, <laughs> that book's never going to see the light of day. Cause it's just like you go back and, um, but, but so what do you want this book to do for you? What made you say at this point in your career, I am going to do a book because I want what? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, I, uh, so the way that I'll frame it, there are some sort of business goals, I suppose. Then there are some personal uh, goals, right? And so for me, uh, on the business side of things, I really want to be able to impact and reach more people who aren't necessarily ready 
or need a little bit more nudge and convincing before hiring uh, me or or any other branding agency for that matter. Maybe it's not with mm-hmm. our firm, but to really sort of um, educate more people about branding uh, so that uh, when we do talk with a potential client, that they're already been primed and, and understand sort of what is it that we're really talking about if they haven't seen me speak on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is uh, from a business perspective is I, I really wanted to sort of set the record straight because there's a lot of books out there on branding and they come from different purviews. So what I mean by that, that the, you know, there's some branding books that are written by marketers there are some branding books that might have been written by people who worked in-house at, say, Starbucks or or, uh, mm-hmm. or Coca-Cola or whatever. They had an in-house branding perspective. Or they were a CEO of a company and they, and they built a big brand. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong with those. But I think having someone that worked at some of the top global branding firms and, and now running my own agency for the past 10 years, someone who's worked as a branding strategist across many different industries I think that lends itself to a certain way of thinking mm-hmm. about branding, a more holistic approach to, to, to brand building. And then the personal reasons I wanted to create a sort of, I want to create my own legacy, my own mark. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think for me, knowing that my thinking and my ideas and strategies and the work that I've done to help private clients, you know, I think knowing that, I've helped other people. Um, and I'm going to say this, that most people might think it really is just to acquire uh, clients for branding. And that's a piece of it. But I really think the message in this book is around authenticity because my whole life's journey has been around being completely comfortable and confident in, and, and as my authentic self. And so I think it's a bigger message whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, if you're like in school or if you're, um, you know, in the workforce, uh, your own personal identity and image and uh, everything about you should be authentic. And I, I think more and more people should live a more authentic life. See, that's super interesting. So it's like it, it is lessons, but there's this personal theme. Throughout, so it's a bit of a hybrid business book and memoir. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do tell a little bit about my story in there because here's the thing: it's like we connect with uh, with brands uh, through stories. And so, yes, why I'm a credible person to teach about branding? Sure, I have the branding background, but it's it, people ask me all the time: why are you so passionate about branding? And you know, I talk about this um, a little bit when you say memoirs, like uh, I talk about my own struggles as a kid and growing up and like many of us is like, how do we fit in and how can we balance between fitting in um, and not uh, being the same? You know? <laughs> so fitting in doesn't necessitate being exactly like everyone else. It's right. still allowing yourself to be different and unique, right. and being okay with that. Right. 
in terms of um, in terms of this goal of of educating potential future clients about what you do, what is your plan? Do you have okay? So this book's going to come out. I'm going to send out copies. Um, this is who I'm going to. Do you have a list of who you're going to send it to? You how how advanced is your plan for what your goal is with this book at this point? Yeah. So interestingly, I've branded. Uh, so it's it's a multi layered approach. Is the first yeah. part to it, right? And so I have happened to have had the opportunity to brand uh, some influencers and some people with, you know, big audiences. Uh, and so there's sort of um, saying, hey, you're in the book. <laughs> um, would you be willing to also promote it and share it with your community? And because of my relationships, because I've really built my business on relationships, authentic relationships, not a relationship where like, hey, what can I get from you? And what can you get from me? It was like, hey, I just built great friendships and relationships with people. And they're like, hey, yes, of course, I'm willing to promote. So that's one vehicle, right? Getting people to promote your book. And then secondarily is like I have my own audience, my own list of people who've been following for the years who have seen me speak, um, promoting to them. And then there's social media. So I have some people that have been following me for years, but they might not be on my email list because that's Mm -hmm. not their preferred communication, but uh, they follow me on social and sort of we cover the main ones like uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then interestingly, the other part to this, so we, we, we're just wrapping up our pre-order phase. We're officially mm-hmm. launching February 25th. So by the time you listen to this, this interview, it might be after the launch. But uh, we've actually had some people that saying, hey, I have a, an audience uh, or I run a mastermind or I run a group of uh, a client group and I'd like to buy 75 copies uh, for my people, right? Mm -hmm. And then I also hired a a book launch marketing team who's been pitching me on podcasts Mm -hmm. and um, stages. And um, yeah, (laughs) you know, I don't know if it's, if it's okay to say this on on your, on your podcast, because it really depends on this interview, but I'm actually talking with a lady who uh, who works at TEDx mm-hmm. wants to have me talk um, on on their stage? <laughs> so oh, amazing, amazing! You haven't done a TEDx yet? No, first will be my first one. Now let's go back. I loved all of these things. So let's go to, back to these relationships. So people will say, and, and I don't know if this has happened to you. I will get emails from people I do not know who say <laughs> things to me like, "Hey, would you blurb my book? This is why you should blurb my book. Will you support me?" And it's clear they've never read any of my books, but they want help and support. And that is the absolute worst mm. way to do it. But what if someone who's listening is like, "Great." I want to know influencers. I want these relationships. How, how do they go about developing them? Wow. You know, I wish I could say I had a course on it. I mean, I think, you know, uh, how do they, so the question is, how does one who doesn't have a relationship with an influencer invite them or ask them to, um, to be an influencer? Well, here's the thing. Uh, this may or may or not apply to everyone, but I'll just offer up this from my perspective. I think one way to sort of get into the ecosystem of an influencer is be a client or customer or follower, like you said, buy your books, right? <laughs> Read up about you and, and know enough about this person and to, to draw a genuine connection. But that's one way is to be a customer or a client. And, you know, if, if you're called to it, right? If, you know, if, uh, so I'll say that, um, the other way is to say know enough about the influencer and, and maybe offer something of value 
that doesn't require a price tag. So you're like, hey, I'm a big fan of your work, or I know enough about your work. Um, I'd like to find a way to co-create something and collaborate with you. Um, here's how I can add value if this is something that you're interested in. So that, that's always one way. You know, obviously I'd say do it, do it judiciously and do it strategically because people can sniff out when you're just like, hey, trying to offer something of value because they know you want something in return. If you're offering something of value, offer something of value. I remember, I remember watching this Gary Vaynerchuk uh, video once and it just kind of stuck at me. Um, and I think it was when he was launching his book. He's like, yeah, sometimes people say, hey, I want to offer something of value for you. I'm going to give you 10 copies of my book. And um, you're like, you know, uh, that's cool and all. That sounds like a give, but that's not a give because you don't know what's of value to that person. Right. <laughs> they may not want your book, right? Right. Yeah, and it's amazing how um, how much power just even commenting on their Instagram, writing back to their newsletter list, just saying, hey, I'm here, review their podcast. Like, it doesn't have to cost money and it doesn't have to cost a ton of time. You'd be amazed how people start to know you. Uh, even, you know, Tim Ferriss is not going to notice if you do a podcast uh, you know, review, but other people will. So I think it's about targeting who is realistic to notice yeah. you and how can you serve them in a non-manipulative, completely authentic way, right? Totally. And I just thought of a third one. And I know yeah. I just subconsciously do this because, and uh, here's, obviously, since I'm a branding person, Anna, <laughs> so for me, it's about Branding is so much more than your logo and your tagline and all that sort of stuff. It's about sort of the ethos and what you believe and what you stand for. And so at the level, when you're connecting with an influencer, one way to sort of connect with them is if you had sort of shared values, a shared ethos, like, hey, your brand is committed to, I don't know, creating, uh, ending hunger, or your brand is committed to um, um, sheltering homeless people. And if that's a big part of your brand, find a way to connect with them based on their mission and their purpose and whatnot. So that it doesn't look like it's coming out of left field. Right. Right. <laughs> so that, that's sort of one way to even just uh, frame. That doesn't necessarily give you exactly the, the how to, to get in front of them. It gives you, it, when you get the opportunity to get in front of an influencer, how to better connect with them. Yeah. It's... Um you know, and something else you mentioned, you did mention that a lot of these people are in your book. Now, obviously you don't put them in your book in order to have them promote it, but hey, it's not a bad idea either. Um, you know, it's you, whoever's listening, it's your book to write. I, I did that recently, I, I, you know, and, and, and you could call it manipulative or you could just call it me experimenting. I just realized I was like, I'm going to mention this person in this book so that when this book is out, I can say to them, hey, you're mentioned in this book. I mean, it's not a terrible plan. It's not. And, you know, it's interesting because like, we have a long list of, of clients that we've had the fortune of working with. And, and not everyone made the cut in terms of the book. It wasn't because I was like, oh, let me try to get this person in because they're an influencer. That's certainly a play for sure. But uh, there's some people that I mentioned in the book uh, that, that I didn't ask to promote and I didn't but I wanted to kind of sort of share the love and share their story because it was mm -hmm. relevant to the topic. It was relevant to the book. Mm -hmm. And so I first led with what is, what's going to be a good book and what's the right case studies to share that's, that is appropriate with, uh, on a 
you know, topically, what's relevant to share. And then I, and then I went with that and it was like a, by the way, you're in the book. If you want to promote awesome, no pressure either way. And I think that's been my go-to Anna, just with a lot of different things. It's like, if you're called to it, do it. If it doesn't work with your promo schedule or your, you know, whatever, how you, then, then no pressure. I'm good. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. What, um, and what about, you know, what you did, which I think is really interesting and it was really effective, is you have uh, pre-launch bonuses. Is that, is that actually what the term is? You know, yes, basically, you. If you, will, you, will you walk us through how you set that up and what that is? Yeah, thank you. I forgot that big part of it. So we, um, so with the book marketing team, we're like, okay, so there's a whole play of trying to get, so decided, decided, because I decided to do the, not the New York Times bestseller or Wall Street Journal sort of um, play, um, the focus was to sort of get Amazon bestseller, right? Mm-hmm. And to drive traffic to Amazon sales. And so when I worked with this book marketing team, what was great about them is that they said, well, that's awesome for Amazon, but what's great for your brand? <laughs> and then we started to look at omni-channel marketing of how can we get your book uh, trending across the different book publishing platforms? And also how can we create a pre-order uh, opportunity where people can buy, and we, we didn't drive to Amazon. We basically focused the book on the hardcover copy. So it was like, all right, people can pre-order the book. It's hardcover uh, for $22.95 is what the list price was. And that if they bought one book, they would immediately get the first three chapters delivered to them digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about it from a marketing perspective, that also gives us an opportunity to engage and connect with people who pre-order the book because now we have their email address mm-hmm. um, and we can engage with them should they choose to you know, continue to subscribe and, and follow. You can't do that on Amazon, right? right? And then if you buy five books, then we had an offering that we sell on our site for $1,500. Uh, it's a brand audit. So if someone was like, hey, can you audit my brand? We charge $1,500 for that. But if you buy five books at $2,295, that's a pretty good deal, right? Where you get a free brand audit from my company. And then we've had some people that bought 25 books or more. And if, if someone's going to buy pre-order 25 books in support of our you know, pre-launch, uh, I was going to offer a consult with me, privately with me. Um, and that value is up to, up to $3,000. And you and I both know, like, you know, we don't just necessarily give our time away for, for free. Uh, so my time is value, uh, valuable as, as everyone's time, right? So there's a $3,000 value for someone who buys 25 books. That's a way of thinking people to pre-order. So um, that one, five, 25 books, uh, people have been pre-ordering. That's been great. And we've been promoting that. Um, mm-hmm. created, created our own landing page for it. Uh, there's components that go into a landing page about the book. Uh, the people who've endorsed it, what this book, what are they going to get out of the book? And then a very clear call to action on here's how to pre-order. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and it's set up so that they can buy from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever, wherever they choose to basically, right? Well, actually not, not yet, not on the pre-order page. So this pre-order page, we collect the, the payment. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. And so if somebody wanted to replicate that, is that something where they would have to set up a Shopify? Do you know how, how they, they would do that? Or did your brand, did your my, launch team? My, so my internal team handled the sort of set up the shopping cart for us mm -hmm. to be able to collect information um, on that. But, you know, everyone has their own sort of different shopping cart. But the, the, the takeaway here is whether or not you use the, the tools that we use, or if you have that sort of uh, Infusion Soft or Active Campaign. I don't even know if they collect payment. Uh, we we use Stripe and um, ThriveCart. Um, okay. Those are the tools that we use. But the whole point was it's through our merchant services. Mm -hmm. And then uh, tomorrow, so we have a long list of people who pre-ordered. Uh, then tomorrow we'll be able to um, to fulfill on all those mm -hmm. books, depending on which uh, book platform we're going to deliver it on. So we have international orders. Um, so obviously, you know, this is my team handles all of this. I might be talking out of turn here in terms of what actually happens, but I know enough to know that the fulfillment is going to be all happening tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a little bit more control in terms of, uh, or more say in terms of where each of those books get fulfilled through, whether it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever whatever the book platform. and what if someone is listening now and is like well wait a minute i want a i want a brand audit with you um is it too late is it only pre-launch it's only for pre-launch we don't have uh that may change <laughs> we're getting some <laughs> great reviews on it but that may change this specific pre-order was in, involved my time uh right. but as we start to sort of um get this book out in the hands of more and more people, we might resurface those bonuses. It just may not involve my, my personal time, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and the goal of that, you know, per your launch team was to get it trending. Was it to kick, uh, once, you know, a site sees lots of pre-orders, then they order more. Like what was the actual goal behind that method? Yeah, well, at a, at a macro level, it was to be like, hey, what's good for your brand? So yeah. to, show, to show trending in these different platforms is, is far greater than just saying, hey, I made Amazon bestseller. Right, right. So that's one. And then the other goal is to be able to have an opportunity to take uh, people who've pre-ordered your book and have an, an additional opportunity to create value for them and engage with them. Because when you just buy on Amazon, I... I have people that tell me, oh my God, it's so awesome. I, I just pre-ordered your book on Amazon. I have no way of knowing who and, and no way of thanking them, sending them an email or even engaging with them to offer up some bonuses. So at least this way, we're able to um, expand our, our, our audience, uh, our list, if you will. And, um, and, and, and like I said, for, for the brand in terms of showing trending across different book platforms, because uh, then eventually it'll be easier to go and, and pitch to mm -hmm. different media, media outlets and saying, hey, look, this book is trending across all the different categories and trending across these different book publishers. And did you have also any lead magnet in the book? Is there any way that people can find you in the book or is that just through the uh, pre-launch? Yeah, so uh, depending on who's, you know, who's listening in on the call... <laughs> The term lead magnet is, is definitely, yeah. uh, you know, a way for, you know, you're providing something of value and it gives you an opportunity to connect with them. So, yeah, we 
have in the book uh, a lot of great information and then in the sort of action steps if they wanted to go deeper. So for example, one of the lead magnets that we have is, uh, you know, one of the top three questions that I get a lot is, what should I call my company? <laughs> what should I name my product or my program or service? And so naming is a discipline within itself, within the branding discipline. And so we have a whole chapter on naming. And then we have some action steps and some tools on here's what you need to do to sort of brainstorm names. And then, by the way, if you wanted more a more in-depth report on naming, go to this link and you can download this, uh, this naming blueprint. Right. So it's all organic. It's all designed to, to educate the person and also give you an opportunity to reach out in the future because you already know they're interested in that topic. Yes. Right? Um, and so, so we have to get close to wrapping up. Tell me why, what is something that is in this book that people couldn't find out anywhere else? Why do they need to get this book? Hmm. Oh, gosh, and I only can pick one, right? <clears throat> I think uh, on this particular book, I lay out a very simple process for not just creating a brand, uh, but being your brand. And so, you know, for me, branding really is, it's a, it's a way of, it's a way of, living and approaching everything that you do and where most branding books might teach you the tactics i do start with sort of the mindset around branding because when you shift your mindset around branding it it amplifies all the things that you're going to do on a tactical level so i kind of walk you through um uh the art and the science of building an authentic brand. And it circles right back to the title is the lesson. I mean, that's exactly what you are doing with this book. So, um, Ree, this has been so awesome. Um, thank you so much during your launch week for making the time to do this. Everybody listening, please go get your brand should be gay, even if you're not the art and science of creating an authentic brand. And you should get it not just on, get it on Amazon if you want, but you also can get it on bnn.com or in the many places so that we can keep trending <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, so thank you. And if people want to just find out more about branding for the people and more about you, where can they go? Yeah, well, it's just um, brandingforthepeople.com and it's branding F-O-R, not the number four. So brandingforthepeople.com. And then also a pretty good centralized, uh, easy to remember URL would just be yourbrandshouldbegay.com. Um, and then, of course, there's social media. You know, Instagram is branding for the people and there's Facebook. And so connect with us in whichever platform you prefer. And we look forward to, you know, connecting with you on, on and, and sharing all that we can about branding and the power it can have on your business and your life. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you.